Welcome to the first episode of Condo Artist, The Other Side of Real Estate. I'm your host, Ori Vaknin, a condo sales strategist who has developed and sold out thousands of condos in Atlanta, Las Vegas, all over Florida, Detroit, Texas, Nashville, and literally all across the United States. Each week, I, along with my co-hosts and colleagues, Sean Douglas. Hey, hey. And Mark Bunton. Hello, everyone. We will bring you the latest insights, best practices, and sales techniques to sell out more condos faster, no matter the market. This podcast will pull back the curtain on condominium sales. We truly understand the art and science of condo and residential sales, marketing, and development. We will also have future guests in future episodes who can help illustrate the topics that we discuss. At times, we'll even delve into architecture, design, and urban planning as they pertain to condos and condo living. I'm an admitted podcast junkie, but in my search for podcasts about condos, we all realized, Mark and Sean, remember when we were doing this? Yep. There really weren't any out there. There were all these podcasts about real estate, but there weren't podcasts that were focused on the art and science of selling, marketing, and developing condos. Throughout this series, you will get to know more about me, Sean, Mark, and our 53 years of combined experience in the world of condos. Isn't that your age, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things that has become glaringly obvious to us is that most people, including real estate agents, buyers, architects, and even the condo developers themselves, they don't fully understand condos. So as we stated before, the purpose of this podcast is literally to pull back the curtain on the condo world. You know, the old adage, there are only two things in life that change our daily habits. And those are one, having a baby and moving. Now, some of us aren't having babies, Sean, you have nope, any babies? No, not having any babies lately. Mm-mm. No, but you've moved across the country a lot, haven't you? I've moved so many times, always living in condos. Exactly. And when you do it, you change your daily habits. You do different things. And so what's really interesting right now is COVID is that event that is causing us to change our daily habits. And this is a universal event. And this is not just localized to one area. It's literally universal. With this, the title of our first podcast is The Pivot. And we had not planned on focusing on COVID, but one of the things that we saw is that COVID has definitely changed our habits in real estate, how we sell real estate, how we buy real estate, and even how we think about real estate. And so that is The Pivot. What we want to do is we want to go back to the beginning. And by the beginning, I mean EC, what I call EC, early COVID, and actually was called PC, pre-COVID. January and February were what, Mark? Those are banner month of sales for us. It was, it was incredible. Like sales were just through the roof. And we'd come out of a sluggish, you know, um, fall and winter. And I, it was like January 2nd, sales just picked up. And we were so excited. Yeah, we were hearing about the pandemic. You know, everyone was hearing about the pandemic. Um, and we were expecting a great month of sales in March. 
But then I was invited to this high-level meeting with the Economic Club of Las Vegas to meet with the chief medical director for the state of, of Nevada, along with folks who were very tuned into the economy and the conventions and, and the casinos in Las Vegas. That was Monday, March 2nd. At that meeting, it was the first time I ever heard the term social distancing. Just think about that. The term that we use every day now, like started in the beginning of March. Mark, didn't you make up that term? (laughs) Well, if you guys get to know Mark, you'll realize he's been social distancing his entire life. But at at that meeting, they said, we're going to potentially start seeing conventions getting canceled and that we even may have a... NFL draft, which was supposed to be the biggest event ever held in Las Vegas, be held without fans. I was in disbelief. After the meeting, I I huddled with my team and the three of us, Mark, Sean, and I, we had all weathered the storm of the Great Recession together. (laughs) Remember those fun days? Oh, I can't believe we lived through them. But we did, and we were successful, and we did what we needed to do to survive. And in some ways, we actually thrived during the Great Recession, which we'll talk about in a later podcast. Um, we, we, we certainly learned a lot and became better people and real estate agents because of it. Yeah, you're right. And we became better marketers. We understood you know, what people wanted. Um, it, was a, it was a big lesson. But what was different about that was... <laughs> That wasn't caused by a pandemic. That was actually caused by the housing market. So in many ways, that was an even harder thing to weather. But a pandemic, like we didn't know anything from a pandemic. But, but you know, at the same time, though, didn't didn't the Great Recession teach us to have to do our jobs differently, how to look at things differently, how to approach things differently in order to accommodate what was going on in the world at that time? Oh, Mark, you're 100 percent right. You know, we it was no longer show pretty pictures and lifestyle photos and give your price points. No, not at all. We had to change our messaging. We had to come up with strategies. We did auctions. Remember our VSP? Our Velocity Sales Program. (laughs) The Velocity Sales Program. That is a whole episode in itself, but we digress. We need to continue to move on. We have so much ground to cover today. You know, this being our first podcast and all, you know, we ignored all of the background noise, all the stuff, people calling it a hoax or whatever. We didn't care. We knew from our experience together as a team that we needed to be prepared no matter what was going to happen. So that was March 2nd. By everything started like on a hyper scale on a on a so quickly like things started falling into place. Everything that I heard at that meeting started to happen. A couple of days later, convention started canceling. Um, the NFL draft started talking about how they were going to reorganize their whole event and so forth. And then March 17th was Las Vegas was shut down. But we were prepared because between that meeting, which was on March 2nd and March 17th, we got prepared and we were not going to be caught with our pants down ever again. Y'all ready to talk about what we did? Yes. 
So first thing we said is if people are not going to be able to travel potentially or come into our sales centers or do anything like that, we needed to virtually show them what we have. I get so excited. Sometimes I get carried away. Talk about what we do. We have a portfolio of condominiums in Las Vegas that we sell. And each of our communities has an on-site sales center that is manned with some sales agents staffed actually you can't say they're manned that are staffed with sales agents and uh the majority of our marketing and outreach is to bring of course buyers into the sales center you know and with the city essentially shut down that was dead in the water we, we had absolutely zero visitors planned to come into our sales centers so how are we going to make sales yeah, because I mean, remember what I said is we have to make sales no matter what, um, even through this, because it, making sales are so important for maintaining that sense of normalcy, keeping what I call the sales mojo going. And obviously, to keep the whole operation running, we needed to make sales. Let's talk about what we did. I, I think this is where it gets really interesting. Sean? Well, yeah, well, I, I will say the first thing we did was we really we reached out to our database of prospects and our agents to let them know that we were going to go with a virtual office and virtual presentations. So we didn't want to slow down sales. We knew we had to approach it differently. And that was through setting up private appointments and going into some of our, our tools that we already had in our arsenal of marketing, which included videos and some 3D virtual home presentations of our models. Right. But so between that March 2nd meeting and March 17th, um, what we did was for all of our available inventory, we had 3D video tours prepared because right. we didn't even, we weren't even sure if people, you know, we didn't know what an essential worker was. That was a whole another new word. And so we created, we had the great videos that we've already had. And then we also created all the 3D virtual, they're called Matterports. They were 3D uh, virtual tours that we had of all the, of the homes. But interestingly, what is one of the words that we hate? Tour. Tour, you know, one in, in a future um, episode, we're going to talk about the lexicon of selling on site and selling condos. And we never believe in using the word tour. Um, a tour ends in two things: going through the gift shop or getting back on the bus. For us, it's always a presentation or sales presentation. But as we said, you know, this was a universal event that changed habits. And you know, I always have this firm belief: is while you want to agitate market, sometimes you can't force a change on a market. So we wanted to use words that were comfortable. So we continue to use the word tour for these 3D virtual tours that we had set up. So we had the 3D virtual tours set up of all the available inventory. We had the videos that which were already created. We enhanced them in, in some regards, right? Right. And then 316, March 16th, you sent out that first e-blast to all of the prospects and agents about how we were going to do virtual presentations. Because even before the lockdown on March 17th, we chose to close our sales office centers to the public. We were going to be open by appointment only, but... What we immediately did was we also created a very strong COVID policy. We did the best that we could at the time. But this brought up something really cool that you did, Sean. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think we realized we were going to have to be safe, you know, and even though we didn't realize that everything was going to go on a um, quarantine, right, and everything would be shut down. So we we got in touch with some of our partners and we got hand sanitizers ordered immediately. And then eventually we did masks as well. But first what, what, kind was, of, what, what kind of hand sanitizer, what kind of masks were they? They were logoed with our, you know, community specific logoed uh, logo, excuse me. So it was great. You know, we were still marketing. We're still getting the, our, our, you know, brand out there to our prospects, even though and, I think that that came into play a little bit later because like Ori said, immediately we went into quarantine and we couldn't really go into our offices. Everybody was pretty much on lockdown. So it was, you know, well, it was interesting, you know, so you were able to secure, that was at a time when no one could get hand sanitizer. Remember that? Yeah. It was, and yeah. We, we, we had someone that we worked with that was great who just said, Hey, I have like a thousand left. So I was like, we'll take it, you know, whatever the cost we, we knew we were kind of in this situation that we had to think fast. We couldn't really decide whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, but we knew this was, this is something that no one else would probably be thinking of. So we did it. And then what we also did during the quarantine and lockdown was we literally took the logoed hand sanitizers and sent them to our prospects, to our agents. And as a way of saying, you know, we want you to be safe in this time. And it was also kept our property, you know, at the forefront top of, of their mind. minds, top of mind. Yeah, I think we dialed back on the sales aspect a little bit. I think, in, you know, in the beginning we were sensitive because, uh, you know, we didn't want to be looked at as someone that didn't have any heart and there were people, you know, dying. And so we still wanted to be relative and keep our name out there, but we we did it from a very caring point of view and it wasn't pushing the sales price or the incentives right away. It was more about, you know, caring about our, our prospects and our um, agents. And that even went into our messaging on some of our social media marketing. We dialed back on, on our ads that had pricing and we came up with some great slogans like, uh, love where you live and your home is your sanctuary, you know, along with our hashtags of stay home for Nevada and flatten the curve. And so for quite some time, that was the message that we put out there. What was interesting was, so like right at the beginning of quarantine and where everyone was like looking to, so, you know, one of the, to back up is our social media ads have been great for us. Facebook ads have really served us well, really seen an incredible conversion from people clicking on our Facebook ads historically, then going to the website and then contacting our agents, our agents responding, and then making appointments for them to literally come in. But we knew at this point, at this time, social media was a way that people were really getting information, connecting with their friends at this very scary and uncertain time in American and world history. And so we did not want to be additional clutter. So we made the decision for a week or so to really just pull back all of our ads. Yeah, because we, paused it just, them. we just paused we, them completely. Yeah. But then, you know, what we realized is we were getting people saying, I want to, I've got nothing to do. I want to learn about your properties. 
And so we turned back on the ads with those incredible slogans that you came up with, love where you live and your home is your sanctuary. Because that's what we were hearing from people. Like they now wanted to like, you know, they wanted to feel that their home was a safe space for them. This podcast is sponsored by Jewel Las Vegas, lifestyle condos located in the heart of vibrant downtown Las Vegas, featuring a variety of floor plans, including flats, two-story lofts, brownstones, and penthouses, as well as an amazing variety of amenities, such as full-service concierge, resort pool and spa, wine deck, and co-op working space. Live the life you deserve at Jewel Las Vegas. Condos from the low 200s to 1 million. For more information, visit us at jewellv.com. That's J U H L L V.com. Or call us at 702 816 5466. Sean, you want to tell us a little bit more about what we did? Like how we got the word out? Yeah, I mean, you well, know, the I, second. I, I, go ahead, I Mark. Think- one of the important things that all these things that we're talking about are great, but something that we really haven't talked about is our sales centers were closed and we, you know, overnight had to change from, from going into sales meetings every week, being in sales centers every day, supporting our agents and working with them to Zoom meetings. You know, everything you know, instantly changed and we all had to, you know, become familiar with that, get up and running with our meetings, get our agents up and running with the meetings. Not not only that, but working in a completely different way for everybody. And lo- looking back on it, and it was successful. We did a great job, but there were some growing pains. No, there were definitely. You know, you know the, the, part of this is this is the pivot. I mean, this isn't the full pivot, but it was the pivot of how we had to work. And you're right; there definitely were growing pains because the agents were they weren't. They were used to dealing with people in person. And one of the things that we became really known for in this market is at our properties, we had all, we had a, a whole thing called lifestyle events and we had a lifestyle director and her entire life was focused on creating social events and gatherings. And what do you do in a time when you can't gather and social events aren't allowed. Well, I'm going to, you know, to ear horn for a minute, Ori, because you immediately were like, you know, we have residents on site. We want our residents to be safe. We've got to keep them engaged. We have to keep them, you know, mentally positive because this was a a tragic event that was happening and, and people were just, you know, alone. So how do we keep these people that are, you know, maybe older and, and and living alone engaged? So, you know, immediately we went and did some really great programs for um, our lifestyle. Like one of them was called step up to social distancing. So you can't really do much, but you can go take a walk. So we had a program for, several weeks where we gave out, you know, a gift certificate to the resident that had the most steps for that week. And it was very well received. And, and, and looking back, all the residents appreciated the fact that we immediately came out of the gate with these things. And it was words with neighbors. You know, we had to be very creative to think of things that we could do to keep even our residents um, happy and mentally healthy. And remember, we also had to close our pools and our gyms 
which is like anathema to the entire Las Vegas experience. And people were furious, you know, residents were like, they didn't understand it, but it was, a, it was a governor's order that we had to do that. So one of the things that we did do, which was also really cool was we got virtual personal training where through zoom people can sign up. And we had a personal trainer who literally did personal training through zoom for people in their homes, which was really awesome. And we're still doing it to this day. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But I mean, back to, you know, what happened with our lifestyle director. Eventually, you know, we were able to re-engage that person to help with weekly newsletters who, who went on to do events like via Zoom, like Mark had said. And a lot of them were arts and crafts and things. But it was just a very collaborative effort to keep some of the things that people were used to going, even if it was in a different format. You know, to, to combat the isolation right. Correct. that came with all of this. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite things that we did was to crafts in a box where we sent people, um, if people registered and then we had uh, left for them at the concierge desk, um, a box that was a whole craft box and through Zoom, they did a craft project together and people loved doing that. And we posted stuff like that on social media and it really helped create, you know, a sense of alone together is, is the hashtag. And we also wanted to really help people feel good about their home being their sanctuary. We were very fortunate with our buildings that all of our buildings have balconies, right? And many of them have floor to ceiling windows. And there was this whole kind of backlash against people living in, you know, multifamily residential and people wanting to live out, you know, out in the country and so forth. But people really loved, you know, living in our buildings because they had amazing views from their homes and they had great balconies. And then we saw that episode on CBS Sunday morning where they talked about the balconies during COVID and that triggered an idea in all of us. Sean, remember that? Yeah, no, it was kind of just very topical and it was amazing that we were already, you know, doing some things because we did have the like five o'clock go out on the balcony and have a toast with your neighbors. So we were already kind of incorporating that into the quote unquote lifestyle activities at that time. But then we also did an e-blast. Remember that? Yeah, but that came a little bit later. But yes, we did. We did. Talk about the e-blast. I love that. To this day, it's still one of my favorite things that we've ever done. Yeah, well, it was it actually was amazing how it resonated with a lot of our, our you know, buyers and, and, and agents. But we did do an e-blast on, on the spacious balconies and terraces that we offer at the properties that we're selling. And we included a clip from the CBS morning um, show to illustrate how, you know, this is just this is just how it is right right now. So it just, again, reinforced um, the livability of our condos. And I think it resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, no, I think people absolutely loved it. And, and people said to me personally, you know, if it wasn't for my great balcony, my great view, I don't know how I would have made it through COVID. And so like what I'm saying, what, you know, developer hat on now is what I'm saying is I will never do a condo development or a multifamily residential um, project that does not have balconies. It's just, I don't think they would work very well in today's world anymore. So I think you have to have a balcony. You have to be able to open up a window. And thank God, you know, we're very fortunate that all of our buildings have both of those, um, which has been really great. 
but you know, this, this was not a piece of cake. You know, I, I don't want our listeners to think that this was all so easy. Overnight, we changed to Zoom, which we did do, you know, for our meetings. We went virtual. We did all that stuff, but it was hard. It was really hard. And it was hard for our buyers too, because, um, you know, there were, the market was so hot in January and February and the beginning of March. And we knew that there were buyers out there and, one of the things that we said, because everyone was asking us what's going to happen on the other side of this, and not that we know what the other side of this is or when that is, but I, I said, and we all talked about it, is that people were really going to, they've spent so much time in their homes that now they know how they really want to live. And there was going to be, you know, and, and there had been all these buyers in the pipeline until COVID started that once the lockdown, the quarantine um, was, you know, essentially over, that everyone was going to come out of the woodwork. And they have. And, and, and that true that proved to be a true, you know, and uh, prescient, prescient statement that we, we made, um, which was really exciting. But we knew that we wanted to continue to make sales. And one of the things that I always like to say, and I think we got this during the Great Recession, is extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. And so one of the things that we did do during you know the lockdown was we wanted to continue making those sales for all those reasons that I mentioned before. And so what we did was we offered really incredible incentives for buyers who are still willing to buy during the lockdown. And guess what? It worked. We made sales. Obviously, it wasn't the sales like we made in January, February, the beginning of March, but we continued to make sales through COVID and we continued to close real estate during COVID, um, which was really important to be able to, to do. So that was really kind of exciting. And admittedly, yes, some people got some great deals during COVID, which is awesome. And they should have, you know, they were willing to take a chance. And in some cases, what we had to do was we had to write contracts because we did such a great job with the, you know, the virtual stuff that they, they got excited about it. And some people already knew the location or had been to the building previously or whatever it may be, but we wrote contracts that were contingent upon them viewing it. And so they got these incredible incentives, um, but then we allowed them to write these contracts. But that brings us to our next thing. And this is where it all really kind of came together were these Zoom open houses. Sean? Take it away. Well, back to Mark's point, you know, we'd already been having the Zoom calls. So we knew this was kind of the way that things were going to be done. Business was going to be done over Zoom. So, you know, I think I sat in on a uh, presentation done by another real estate company in another market, which was really interesting to do. And it was, you know, a huge group of people that came on for the presentation. And, but, it, you know, it was, again, I'm sure it was the first time they had done it. And it was great to be able to experience the things that worked and the things that didn't work. But what we did is we took that back to our agents and said, you know, this is what's happening out there. You have got to use your 3D virtual presentations, uh, your videos, your images, uh, your sales uh, inserts, all of your tools and do these live open houses to our agents and our prospects. So we started scheduling those and we're still doing them to this day. But let's talk a little bit about, I mean, it sounds so easy, but it wasn't really easy. No, the agents initially were so gun shy. They did not want to even attempt it. But, you know, after some practice sessions and 
Uh, hey, Mark, what do you think? What do you think of those practice sessions? I wasn't allowed to, 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 uh, to be involved. <laughs> I think the agents were afraid of your um, very biting critiques that may have come forth. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, did, one of the things we did, Ori, was we, you know, uh, whether we needed to or not, but we incentivized people to come to check it out with a with a gift card. Now, you know, I'm sure not everybody needs the $25 Amazon gift card, but if we were going to have an event for agents or even for prospects, we would have had a gift bag. We'd had some drawings. So, you know, that's just kind of the, what we do. So that was well received as well. But it was amazing how many people started showing up to Ori's point, people that came out of the woodwork. I know it was really interesting. So this is where we knew something was changing. So you know, we've been selling condos in Las Vegas since uh, 2014. 14. Oh my gosh. So our, our listeners understand is we had a portfolio of 1300 condos in five different condominium buildings, all different types of condos all over town when we started this project in Las Vegas. So we've had people registered on our websites literally for years. They wouldn't respond to emails, phone calls. They would sign up on the websites. They would register with their phone numbers, with their emails, but our agents would reach out to them. No response whatsoever. None. And then we started seeing these people who'd been registered on our websites. They would sign on for these Zoom open houses and it was really fascinating. So we were like, wow, what's going on here? And then we would see they would go from the Zoom open houses to scheduling a one-on-one Zoom presentation or FaceTime presentation with our agents individually. And these people who for months or years or whatever it was, wouldn't respond to anything. We're now not only attending these Zoom calls, we're now being responsive. And what we realized was that, you know, the number, they say the number one emotion that anyone feels when they walk into a sales center, whether it's, you know, a new home sales center or particularly a condo sales center, I think is fear. They fear that they're going to be sold to. They fear that they're actually going to buy something. And this ability to be anonymous on these Zoom open houses was something new for them. It was a way for them to find out and literally see and somewhat experience the property without having to directly come into the sales center or to even speak to someone. It was a great leveler. It put everybody on an even playing field. It did. And at that moment is when I call what this whole podcast is about the big pivot or the, or the pivot as we just call it. Right. You know, and it it was a pivot in how people are going to buy or are buying real estate now. And so, yes, we pivoted the way we sold real, sell real estate. We pivoted with, you know, doing things via zoom and the open houses and the 3d virtual tours. And that's all great. And, All of our pivots in the world don't matter if it doesn't work, but it did work. And not only did it work, it almost worked better than the old school way of selling real estate. And so now, you know, they say that 92% of all people, this is pre-COVID PC, 
92% of all people who are buying real estate start their real estate search online. I would actually argue that that percentage is, is more and probably now post since COVID, it's, it is, it's, it's much more than that. But now it's not that they just start their search online. They expect to do most of their search online. And the visit to the property is more of an affirmation of their purchase or to select between you know, different to actually feel and touch and feel is what I say. Um, you know, the different homes and floor plans and condos and so forth. And so this is was this big aha moment for us. And it's actually really kind of cool because no longer are people going to say, oh, drive me around. Obviously, there are going to be some people who are going to, but most people now want to do most of the work up front online. And is that good or bad for real estate? I would argue that it's actually really good because we get to be more efficient with our time. It does mean we have to be more tech savvy though, right? And you know, we have to make sure that our messaging is right and that our, our, our images are good and you know that someone properly fluffed the model before you know photos were taken and the 3D tour was done. Um, so that was really kind of cool. That's where we really see the pivot happen. You know, when we talked about, you know, how there historically there have been two events in people's lives that change their daily habits. Well, COVID in this case is showing us how we change our habits and how we not just sell real estate, but how we buy real estate and how we think about real estate, which the thinking about real estate is something we'll cover in a future episode. Well, I think, you know, to your point, one of the things that took away was the fear, like you said, the fear of coming into the sales office and and the fear of being sold to. It's been amazing to see how many people, I mean, we've had, you know, I think one of our largest turnouts was over 70, 70 people. Like how many people would we get to an open house in person, you know, pre-COVID? Well, I mean, we've had some, we've had some successful open houses and, and live and in person too, but it was different, you know, different strategy, but this has been an amazing, you know, strategy to, for us to, for, for it to work for us. And I'm very proud that, you know, this is something that we've been able to master. Well, and now we continue to do it, you know, I mean, because basically people still are reluctant to travel, understandably, or reluctant to go into, um, you know, unfamiliar places or new places. So the Zoom open houses continue. Our team has gotten great with it. They really know how to do it. We have two agents who are doing the one or two agents doing the presentation. And then we have our sales director is answering questions that people are asking during the presentation. So we've really gotten it down to a beautiful art and science. But I have to tell you, so what felt really good was the media attention that we received for how we pivoted. And my favorite, you know, although we were in local news and we got a couple early media reports, uh, my favorite story was on Monday, August 3rd, when the Las Vegas Sun put us like on the cover and the, the article was called Southern Nevada Real Estate Pros Reinvent the Way They Do Business During Pandemic. I think it should say during the pandemic, but their title said during pandemic. So that felt really good. Um, it's people identify that what we've done. And yes, we did pivot, but the big pivot is really in how people are buying real estate and how they will buy it in the future. 
With that, what we want to do is say thank you very much for tuning in to the first episode of Condo Artist, The Other Side of Real Estate, along with my co-hosts, Mark Bunton. See you next time. And Sean Douglas. Until then. We will be back with episode two shortly. And if you have any questions, seriously, or if you'd like to just get in touch with us, please email us at condoartist at gmail.com. That's all one word, condoartist at gmail.com. Until next time, and we'll pull back that curtain a little bit more on the condo world. Thank you.